This is the Hypotheticals Podcast, Season 2. I'm Andy. I'm Adriano, and this episode is sponsored by Jettison and Sons Disintegrating Motor Vehicles, assuring your comfort and safety in your final moments. Andy, got a question for you. How would society change if people started being reincarnated, but here's the twist, with full sets of memories from their past lives? Oh, okay. This is kind of like the opposite of a segment we did a couple of years ago, which was um, what would happen if people's memories reset every six months. But yeah. now it's you're, you're stretching that memory the other direction, you know, to eternity, essentially. That's absolutely right. I briefly considered a different question, like what if people were born uh, without full sets of memories? Like what if we forgot our past lives when we were born? Um, and then I figured that might not be that interesting <laughs> hypothetical scenario so instead that's possibly quite accurate yeah <laughs> maybe maybe i mean some people claim is the thing that you know this already happens for them or i think more commonly people who claim to have memories of past lives claim to have very incomplete glimpses perhaps buried suppressed whatever that need to be sort of brought out but what if everyone just boom uh, or womb uh out you come <laughs> and you already know what's up or what was up uh before this is really interesting because, I mean, it just throws everything about humanity out of the window, essentially. Because our whole society is essentially about the fact that we are here temporarily and we've got to make the most of this while we're here. We do like to pretend not. Um, yeah, and at some point we'll be gone. Mm -hmm. So if you remove that obstacle, kind of all bets are off, essentially. Yeah, but it's messed up because um, if you're going to be just straight up immortal, unkillable, mm -hmm. like then, you know, it changes because you stop worrying about your descendants possibly or like you don't make a retirement plan or, you know, it changes everything. But what if you know that at some point um, you're going to come to an end and then you're going to pop out again and you're still going to remember all this, but maybe you're not, you know, you're not going to be born again within the same family. Oh, no, no, definitely right? not. Right, because your parents are long gone. They've been born elsewhere. So you're going to come out who knows where, who knows when, possibly, you know? Maybe time doesn't, yeah. you know? Maybe maybe you're going to be born in the past. Maybe you're going to be born, you know, 200 years in the future. Maybe you're born at exactly the same moment that you die, but just who knows where. Well, this could be quite positive in a way, because suddenly, <laughs> let's say you're a racist, hypothetically, who <laughs> yep. becomes reincarnated as a race that they had previously uh, been bigoted against, or you're and a misogynist, and you get reincarnated as a woman. Mm -hmm. So it could lead to a better, fairer world as people realise that we are, in fact, you know, all alike. And, you know, gender norms break down because people are either... Either you keep your relationship preferences regardless of your gender as you're born, not, you know, biological gender. Mm -hmm. or, it seems unlikely it would be that deeply ingrained that, like, yeah. changing everything about the the physicality would still maintain that sexual orientation. Mm. Or they change their relationship preferences. So in one life you're attracted to men and in the next you're attracted to women or any, you know, um, any place in between. Yeah. I, I think, uh, God, it would be so messed up if uh, people were, you know, you're, you're born a man, you're always going to be born male, <laughs> like in every iteration. Yeah. Um, that would just entrench these divisions. Uh, I'd hate that. No, no, I'd, I'd much prefer it be a free-for-all. Um, just, you know, just the soul that, that remains inviolate. Um, but the idea that it really opens your eyes coming back as, uh, you know, you, you, know, oh, you know, I really don't like those, girl, those Vietnamese or whatever, and then you come back in Vietnam um or just within a family of people who really like the vietnamese uh you know something that'd really change you if it was really karmically apt that would be great that would be the best <laughs> if there's That's anyone you the hate best. next time you're definitely coming back as them <laughs> i think if you have the option to live in a universe where karma applies always tick that box yeah because <laughs> having universal justice in place is just it's just better i think uh but have you read the egg uh i have not is it a book or is it just an egg it's just sometimes they put a little a stamp on there <laughs> with the date. Maybe there's a red lion. Um, it's a short story. Uh, I think it's freely available on the internet. Uh, as of some years ago, I'm pretty sure it's written by the guy who did The Martian. I think Andy Weir. I think oh, yeah. may have been what he became known for first. Uh, I may have made that up. Anyway, yeah, I recommend it. Have a Google. Uh, it's quite short, but it's very nifty. And basically, the premise is um, it's uh, told from the point of view of someone who's sort of in the uh, the interstitial point between. Uh, death and reincarnation and i believe they're talking to god or at least their creator um who is explaining 
that um, this whole universe is an egg and that every person they meet is them reincarnated in another life. Oh. It's just unwrapping that concept, basically. They, you know, he's like, well, what about all those other people? It's like, what other people? This is disappointing because I have had that idea for a story before and I thought, what a good idea, I'll bank that. <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently it's been done that everyone's the same person, so... Uh... <laughs> have you ever considered that maybe the secret to being an original writer is to not read anyone else's writing? Because this is a thought that haunts me. <laughs> We're so connected now, you know? It's a real problem, like... um. I got Pandora, right? I don't know why Pandora didn't become more popular. It got overtaken by Spotify and uh, uh, Apple Play and all the rest of it. But do you know Pandora Radio? I I have. It's just re-entered my consciousness from about five years ago. Yeah, Yeah, what a blast from the past. I was really excited about it back in the day because what I liked was that it was pitched a bit differently because these days it's all... The algorithm is all based on like um, people with your demographics or people on your friends list um, also liked this stuff. That tends to... Or, you know, based on your history, um, you know? Like, those tend to be the metrics. It's like people who Mm -hmm. search for the same stuff, listen to the same stuff, come from the same area, people on your friends list. They figure out this picture of you or at least, like, this hazy possibility cloud you exist in uh, and then suggest things. And they turn out to be right often enough that it works. And I'm sure they're busy refining it. But Pandora was different because I think they were heading up... What was it called? I think the Music Genome Project. (laughs) Wow. I'm pretty sure it was called that. Sounds pretentious. Actually, really nifty idea. They were trying to map... Uh, the whole genome of music, basically, in existence. I think they're trying to catch up to the present day and then sort of keep it going as new stuff got released. And the idea was that they would have a co- the code for each song, you know, like um, a young male vocalist or, um, you know, emotive lyrics or, yeah, you know, like rich instruments. beats per minute or something like that. Precisely. Or like all the, me- all the important metrics for a song... Um, They'd have. I don't know if it went as deep as like what artists influenced what or, you know, but you could go as deep as you want with this. And then their algorithm would recommend based on that. And I suspect the reason it didn't become as popular is because that is a really cool, thorough way of doing it. But it is way too resource intensive versus just basically you you put the label back on the consumer, right? When you're like, well, other people like you liked this. So like, you're probably gonna be fine with it. Right? Yeah, it, it sounds like a project which, if it had been given a hundred years, would have come out with a great result. But people don't have that attention span. So. And someone else is going to sort of leapfrog your technology and beat you to the market, unfortunately. Which I suspect is what happened. I don't know, maybe Pandora Radio is still going strong. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really cool idea. I can't strictly remember why it's relevant. No, wait, I've got it. <laughs> Before we get back onto our actual topic, <laughs> my suspicion <laughs> and my fear... Uh, is that it will become possible to have a Pandora Radio-like project, but for literature. Um, because I think they're already kind of in the process. I mean, obviously, Goodreads is a big thing, bought by Amazon, you know, like the bookseller guys. So, I mean, that will recommend to you new books for based similarly, like, you know, other people read this, etc., etc. You'll followed reviewers and so on. But it won't yet... Be like, oh, well, you liked a thing where the twist was actually paced earlier in the story and you start in medias res and, you know, you're like a female protagonist with agency. And, you know, one day they'll have that for every story because they'll have an AI that's able to just scan it and be like, yep, here you go. Here's the here's the like hexadecimal <laughs> code that just summarizes your novel and places it within this kind of grand Dewey Decimal system. This is exactly the shelf it goes on. And this is the spot. And, oh, would you look at that? Your novel's already been written, essentially. Something that is, like, fundamentally indistinguishable <laughs> already <laughs> occupies that niche. So, yeah, we'll put we'll put it on the shelf, but it's redundant. I'm sorry. And the other one already has 100,000 views. So, I mean, good luck. <laughs> well, speaking of novels that have already been written, going to do a, a great segue here. Uh, <laughs> my thinking is that people might like their children less because much like a novel that's already been written, uh, that you, can't, you can't mould... Uh, your kid into the a mini version of you. Quite a lot of the the point of having kids, I think, is is you know they're cute and they're innocent, and you can make them like you, or at 100%. least into into people that you like to have yep. around. But if everyone comes out fully formed, if you've got an eight year old pops out in a baby's body, <laughs> yeah. you've basically just got a random stranger in your house who is <laughs> making so demands demanding. of you and yes. pooing everywhere. So you, you might <laughs> the worst you, house guest. Yeah, so you might actually need to have a birth quota so that people keep being reincarnated because if everyone stops having kids, suddenly it doesn't matter that everyone can be reincarnated forever because there's this massive queue 
Oh, it'd be like you're killing waiting. them. It's true. Or denying them. It's like being on a on a transplant donor list or something. Yeah. So, you know, you might have to have a certain amount of births a year so that people do get recycled back into the population. Yes. Um, and, you know, yeah, suddenly you might just have a baby that is Boris Johnson and whose first word is, is whiff-waff. <laughs> and you've got to <laughs> deal with that now. Yeah. <laughs> if you were Boris Johnson coming back, would you admit it? Is the thing, or would well, you be like, "Here's my question. shot, <laughs> right, to be someone else?" Yeah. yeah, it opens up a lot of questions. It does because you know it can go either way. Either you pretend that you're not a person because you're quite unpopular, or you can falsely claim that you are a reincarnation of a famous person if you want to get their kind of kudos. Especially if you know, mm-hmm. for example, that there's a there's not it's not a very fast rate of reincarnation so you'll probably get in before them if you could then be that person right you've got a good 50 years of being gandhi before actual gandhi (laughs) shows up like what the hell (laughs) (laughs) well then he's got to prove he's actual gandhi and you've got 50 years to brush up on his life you need a series of a series of facts that is only only possible that you would know and yeah. you need to disclose it to some sort of database that yep. can verify your identity. Get blockchain involved or something. Like have a have mm-hmm. a vault in a Swiss uh, bank that only you know the the combination to. Well, yeah. this is this is another thing. How does inheritance work, right? Oh, it'd be a mess. You'd could, be leaving everything could, to yourself. <laughs> yeah, can you leave all of your money to your reincarnated self through like a series of legal loopholes? I think that's the first thing people would attempt to do <laughs> uh, is try and figure that out because, as you say, the incentive to have kids goes way down. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, and I, I think a key thing here is: um, is this child a fully formed? <laughs> Is this a boss baby scenario, basically, <laughs> right? I mean, kind of, yeah. Or, or, because um, obviously, I mean, you know, actual realistic neurology kind of goes out the window here. We're talking about reincarnation, but whatever. Um, let's say that your somehow your essence is unchanged, but you've still got a child's brain. So you don't have hind-eye coordination. You don't have, like, your, your voice box and all the rest of it, your mouth. You don't have the muscle memory to produce... Yeah, language. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes it super grim because it means the first couple of years of your life, you're basically like you've got that locked in syndrome. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the thing is, this could, if in this sort of pseudoscience realm we're in, it could almost work because you've gone from being, you know, 50 years old, let's say, when you died in a massive, you know, human, like adult human body. You've got to relearn how to work a baby's body, which is obviously very different just from, you know, zero to 60. But you might get better at it over various iterations so mm. maybe first time you're like my god what was that and it's like waking up from a dream you know and you're like was that was any of that even real am i a butterfly that dreams of being a baby what are these hands <laughs> but then you know on uh, reincarnation number 20 you're just like ah oh, okay great we're back well okay you know by day two you're, you're already trying to walk you've you know you've got the you've got all that muscle memory in the bank it's like you learned to ride a bike a hundred years ago so it's not exactly the same as getting back in the saddle you know next week but it's in there somewhere and uh and maybe you know because initially you'd have a lot of challenges like again you're you're reborn in vietnam say so as well as your ingrained racism you've also got got it got to yeah you've got to get over the fact you don't speak vietnamese so you can't be that precocious baby that learns to talk super early You've got to learn a whole new language, but eventually you're going to know them all. Yeah, exactly. You, everyone knows all the languages, so there's no language barrier anymore. No. We there have a sort be. of Babel scenario. So you'd want to, like, you'd almost, new parents would either just be, I don't know whether people would feel cursed or whether people would just, like, really think about it before having kids or what, yeah. because you've got I to don't be ready. Think, I don't think there'd be much breastfeeding. Because you would, <laughs> you would not be comfortable. It'd be so creepy. Yeah, like, imagine. I don't know who this. You know, if it's especially if it's a male baby, like who the hell is this? I don't. Know. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you don't know what they were previously. You know, maybe this is your your skeevy boss oh, yeah. that groped you that time, or oh. maybe it's your grandma. Like you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. It's a mess, and they can't tell you. Not yet. It's a mess. So, so yeah, yeah we have very feeding, different practices. Way. I don't think anyone would be. Uh, you know the thing where like people take um, pictures of their like naked kid, um, like in the bath or like like there's an age below which nudity yeah, is inno- acceptable. Pictures, yeah, on the beach, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they are innocent. Although I think like modern society has kind of 
cast a bit of a pall on them. I don't know. Uh, I don't know when it starts being creepy, but there's got to be an age cutoff, right? Mm-hmm. Where it starts being like, I know you're their relatives, but like, why have you got these naked kid pics on your phone? Yeah. Um, that age is going to like go way down. Presumably, oh, uh, that's never mm. going to be okay. <laughs> Wait, yeah. up, down? You know what I mean. Point is, it's not going to be okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> none it's not none be of it's going to be okay. And as a new parent, I mean, already now, you've got to deal with, I don't know how this kid's going to turn out, you know, as a teenager. Uh, mm-hmm. some people worry about that. Some people don't. Some people are like, whatever, I've got until they're a teenager. I'll, I'll, I'll raise them right. It'll, it'll be fine. We'll be best buds. Right. And then teenagerdom comes as a terrible shock. But you're dealing with the fact that this baby remembers being a teenager as a baby. Possibly it remembers generations of teenagerdom. Maybe it doesn't though. Maybe you're getting like this kid has only been alive once and you're getting them in that, in that terrible, like the terrible twos. That terrible second life when they're just like, oh my god, where am I? What happened? Yeah. I was a businessman and and what happened? Did my son inherit the company, you know? And and you've got to coax them through not just growing up in Vietnam, but also Yeah, and now I live in this Inuit tribe. <laughs> like, exactly. And we go we have to go kill some whales. Like. You gotta help them deal with the fact that they used to care about the stock market and now it's all whales every day. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you oh. pray that they're going to be, you know, if they're, if you know, past the like 100 life point or something, does everyone start being super enlightened? Mm. Well, yeah, people could become ultra enlightened or qualified, you know, Potentially. far beyond what's currently possible. You can become, if you really want, you can become an expert in one field to a ludicrous extent, like the world's best mathematician, and you could be, become known across your lives as that. Yeah. But also, uh, talking about labour... Child labour laws can change because essentially you can put kids to work as soon as they can operate a computer or a vehicle because they've got the brain capacity here. So you can basically say, hey, you're six, you can walk, you can basically press some buttons. Here you go. Let's uh, let's see how you perform in the stock market. This is true. Yeah, the whole, like, schooling is going to be very different. It's going to be a process of trying to figure out how qualified the kid used to be rather than <laughs> trying to teach them in this life. It's just, it's just going to be tests from hell to breakfast, essentially, to just, you, you'll go to school day one, they give you your leaving exam, and then it's just like, bam, this is your grade. And then it's up to you, like, if you want to become more educated in this life or whether you're, like, I'm done. I did my, I did all my schooling three generations ago. I'm fine. <laughs> it's, it's definitely all still relevant. Like, I've got, <laughs> I've got a knowledge of science from the 1700s. Why do I need to learn more? <laughs> yeah, your last life was in, like, a rural Mesopotamia, you know, at the height of the empire or something. And now it's like, yeah, no, I'm, I got my, uh, I got my plow driving license. So I'm pretty sure I can handle this. Yeah, guys, I know that the sun god brings the sun into the sky on his chariot. You don't <laughs> what need to teach this? me again. Amateur hour? Come on. <laughs> yeah, so that's the other thing. Cultures are kept alive by largely by people being alive. I know we record them and we've gotten better at it over time because, you know, oral history has turned into the printing press, turned into the internet and all the rest of it. But now you're dealing with the fact that the people who... Because people have, like, a, a high point when they're at, like, peak, um, god, what even to call it? I kind of want to call it, like, the, the herding instinct peak, like, uh, peak, uh, label craving peak, like, do you <laughs> know what I mean? Never has the word peak been said so much. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, very few people in their 60s are super keen to buy the band's tour t-shirt. Yeah, it's mostly kind of teenagers to young kind of university level i'd say exactly yeah that's peak whatever it's peak something you may not like it okay but this is what peak performance looks like that's the age group when you are most keen on being part of this in group whatever that is and so the music you love when you're young stays with you and your political ideals and all the rest of it so is everyone going to be just mad conservative now because they're still oh, clinging yeah. to everything from hundreds of years ago? Yeah, everyone bloody loves organ music. <laughs> <I> cannot <laughs> get enough. 
<laughs> so is the musical landscape just going to be like, is is everyone going to stop making new music? Because what's the point? We're just stuck on Baroque. That's it. Just for, It's harpsichords forever. They'll be Baroque, but with some electro twists. I don't, I don't know. You'd have to cater for such a huge audience. Yeah, will it be the biggest mishmash ever? Because the people who were super into reggae when they were young stay into reggae forever. But the people who were super into like the bongo drums of, you know, their original jungle <laughs> tribe are still mm. into that. Yeah. And they just see, you know, like um, Spotify as an incredible new vector for their ancient tunes. It could be a really good way if it if you sort of, when this kicks in, if you drag people from the distant past back in to circulation, it could be really good for historians as well, because you need to find out about these cultures which have been lost to us forever, or so we thought. It'd be great if it, yeah, if it hadn't always been the case, but it just suddenly kicks in because uh, we, we accidentally open Pandora's box somehow. Yeah, we, someone uh, opens the website for the first time in five years. He's <laughs> like, oh my god, we're being <laughs> Pandora Radio. They, they let the algorithm run loose. <laughs> the company shut down, but they never shut down the algorithm. It's, it's just been spread. churning out stuff since, ever since, in this little bubble, and someone opens the website and it, it all escapes. It emerges, yeah, and now it knows, yeah. and, and now we will all know. Because that's the other thing. What if you, you spring from the womb with all your memories fully formed? That's one thing. And then, you know, the different shades are like, well, is your body just ready to go like you're a kid who can drive a car? And by kid, I mean like an infant. Or are you, you know, you still have to deal with like learning all the muscle memory, but, you know, by the time you're five, you're, you're good to go to work. Or... Is it that um, the human brain isn't that good at storing memory? So although there's no sort of cutoff at death, it's still like, uh, you know, your past life was a long time ago. You underwent a traumatic event. It's like you went through a car crash or something, got into a brief coma, and now you're out the other side. And and what do you remember? Would you just have the flashbulb memories from the really intense emotional moments? Because then you'd remember... Well, you'd remember dying, probably. <laughs> Super traumatic. Yeah, being born, pretty traumatic, <laughs> if you can right? remember everything. <laughs> Imagine going around remembering every time you've been born. That's the worst. <laughs> Nobody wants that. One of the few things that makes us functional beings is that we don't remember being born. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be painful to yeah. remember that. Um, but then I guess they'd all merge into one, you know? Like, you wouldn't remember a specific instance. You'd just be like, oh yeah, that's, you know, my birth memories <laughs> box. Yeah, just keep that one shut. <laughs> yeah, dude, never open that. <laughs> that's part of what will push us in the direction of becoming very evolved and zen, uh, I think. Because you'd have to deal with... Because basically, I kind of get the feeling that we kind of get it easy by dying um in many ways like on the one hand it causes a lot of problems um a lot of our psychological issues have to do with the the dread of death and the knowledge that you know uh we just get one shot at it so a lot of that would be solved because like oh you get infinite go around oh you know all that existential anxiety that's gone Mm -hmm. but now you got to deal with yeah but you're here for the long haul like potentially forever either you only get off this ride once you're fully enlightened or something or this is it. This is just you forever now. You could get really tired. <laughs> like, I, there's literally no way to end. I like. I've been on this fairground ride for eight thousand years, <laughs> yeah. and it's getting a little samey. <laughs> like, you try suicide, and then you just pop out as a baby well, again. Well, this is the thing. Like, suicides don't work. But is there like, if this kicks in, is there a surge in suicides as people try to basically hard reset? To be born into a rich family or a, a nicer country. That's like, exactly what I thought, yes. Because it yeah. would be like you, you start your game in your uh, randomly generated uh, corner of the universe. And you're like, no, I don't like my starting conditions. These stats are bad. Reroll. Yeah. So yeah, you just, you know, you jump off the bridge. And it's like, hey, good to go. <laughs> be, so like, it, would it result in this weird mass emptying of of, you know, countries where there's either a fascist regime, which is very unpleasant for people, or where there are severe droughts and they don't know, you know, they, they don't have a good quality of life. Do those places just yeah. suddenly have nobody there? It's a weird sort of immigration. Um, <laughs> a fascinating kind, yeah. I think that's exactly what would happen. It would become much, much harder to be a despot because as well as trying to keep everyone in, you know, you, you, those borders, seal them up, uh, get your secret police all over the place, now you've got to stop them killing themselves as well, like at every opportunity. Yeah. That's but also, really tough. If you're also, if you're in a, let's say, a developed country and you're a very right-wing, like, this is our culture, need to protect our culture, blah, 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 blah. Oh, what anyway, a you're in the, you're in that scenario... Do you then 
like, does their crazed mindset then go, right, well, uh, you've been born into this white British family. Obviously, now you are white and British, but Ooh, actually, your, la- your true self... Because they yeah. would label it as your true self. They in would inverted they'd commas. find a way. They'd just like say, they decided Obama yeah. was Kenyan or something. Exactly. They'd they say, do. Oh, I'm sorry, you actually belong in Nicaragua. Goodbye. And then that they'd is send exactly you off. What would happen? Yes. Oh God, it's terrifying. It's the way like, like America is convinced that they're American and immigrants are bad despite being a nation made up of immigrants that are only in like the second or third generation. That's exactly yep. what would happen. Everyone who decided that they were sufficiently British or insert country here would uh, yeah, institute a ban. And then what, I guess? They'd, they'd test uh, kids to like see prior knowledge of well, it, you, uh, you know, know the they have to do so like if you apply for a British visa, you've got to pass mm. these tests about like what's the British the flag, family, royal family, blah blah yeah. blah. You do do that just for like as soon as they can talk, bam. Yep, <laughs> and, like, three-year-old it, citizenship exams. Yeah, horrifying. It yeah, is horrifying. Which, oof, scary stuff. But on the other hand, it really comes down to whether you end up with this sort of queuing scenario because mm-hmm. um, if there isn't much of a queue then deportation doesn't hold that many horrors. I feel like there's an age where, as a parent, you really want to keep your kids away from sharp stuff or, like, anything they could jump off of. It just becomes much harder to be a parent because now the kids have to choose you, essentially. (laughs) Yeah. You have to choose each other. Yeah, what if you don't like each other? Right? And and it's like two adults. It's much more... Because a, a child in our, in our current wretched world is basically stuck with their parents <laughs> and vice versa. But in a scenario where death holds few horrors, um, now basically every moment that you choose to continue living is basically saying, I like this save, like this particular life of the video game I'm on. Yeah. I choose to stay on this ride a while longer because it's not that big a deal to just get off it. Yeah, but like, yeah, would people in that scenario, let's say that they're just like, right, I don't really like this, but I don't want to like just commit suicide. That seems weird. So I'll just have like a throwaway life. Like I just take huge risks. I go wild. I get addicted to cocaine. I'm just like, there we go. People already do that. Yeah. (laughs) To a degree, you know, (laughs) they just stop caring so much. But then like loads of people would do this. Be like, hey, it doesn't matter. I can come back and, you know, I'll do a detox in my my next life cycle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. It'd be kind of like, "Ah, you know, it's it's in the hands of fate now. Wee. And then, (laughs) yeah, like I'll be good later. Like in a couple of lives, I'll be really good. I'll eat healthy and everything. I'll uh, I'll make up for it next life. That's what will happen. You'll get this sort of interlife procrastination. Hey, Alan, you're looking great this life cycle. Yeah, I'm detoxing this time. <laughs> I had a bit too, went a bit too crazy the last Remember few centuries. Remember Scarface? That was me. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, you'd go on all these. The thing is also, yeah, knowing that this is your one life is a really good incentive not to take meth, right? Mm-hmm. It's basically yeah. the only good incentive not to take meth. Uh... Um... <laughs> Isn't your it teeth, though? Your teeth remaining in your, your mouth. Right, but that's the thing. You know you're going to get more teeth. It's knowing that this is your only set of adult teeth, that this is your only uh, life to screw up, your only family to disappoint, you know? Like, drugs are a horrible thing, and I'm not trying to justify <laughs> them. But we have to admit that, like, a rat in a cage with a lever that they can pull to dispense treats is going to pull that lever. Yeah, and... as much as it can. Exactly. And heroin and stuff feel really good, I'm told. And you're not going to stop people taking heroin once the scary thing of like, yeah, you'll get hooked on it and then your life will be like train spotting. That will suck. They'll be like, okay, yeah, but this life might. But then I just come back. Who cares? It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, equally like the the six month memory loss thing, I think society would crumble quite a lot. Definitely. Because there's no incentive for anyone to do anything like, hey, stay in your really badly paid, really difficult, you know, uh, low appreciated job. Mm-hmm. Um, Toil away for, for might get your entire life, or you could just you know jump off a bridge and hey, I'm uh, <laughs> I've been born to millionaires. Hey, presto! Yeah, maybe you could. God, I'm I'm now picturing awful scenarios where like um, wealthy people in like um, y- you know wealthy countries and so on, people with a good setup for new children are somehow able to charge old people to. We'd find a way. To charge for it, essentially. <laughs> You'd find a way to make your millions by charging wealthy old people for a shot at being reborn in your household. Right. I don't know how people would do it, but they'd find a way. Because let's face it, uh, <laughs> the Catholics used to sell papal indulgences. Mm-hmm. And any society... You know what those are, right? 
Oh yeah, whether it's like, you know, you're free to do whatever you want because the Pope says you're fine because you gave us like five yeah, pounds. Yeah, you could, yeah, probably more than, well, to be fair, back in the day, I don't know. But yeah, you could write off like X amount of sin. There was like yeah. a <laughs> conversion rate and that's what you do, basically. You'd have lotteries. It would be such a mess. The minute there was any aspect of it that was controllable, and even if there wasn't, you'd have people claiming that there was, that they could, you know, change. you'd have mediums and quacks and all sorts claiming to be able to communicate with uh well, People you could, you could be, let's say you're a celebrity who is, you know, they're very famous, but they're now down on their luck. They don't have much money left. You could say, hey, we'll adopt you <laughs> if you give us X amount of money before you die. When you come back, we will adopt you so that you can say that you are the son daughter sort of of oh yes it would be that easy people. wouldn't it yeah mm. you, you'd agree on a code and then you'd have some kind of secure framework yeah they'd give you the test to find out like who you were and then you'd have an opportunity to speak your like voucher code essentially <laughs> and then they'd pair you up with the other person yeah. i think you had like that dance ticket essentially They're like oh yeah you're dual life with these guys and you'd be like oh they didn't <laughs> they didn't backstab me after they got my millions <laughs> excellent <laughs> Yeah, it would be like the new way of keeping the money in the family, like making sure that people made the right matches, you know, in marriage and so on. You'd get that, that across lives. I was also thinking, um, how would prison and capital punishment work? So if you're serving a life sentence, you could just commit suicide, to cut it short. To be um, fair, people already try that. They tend to stop them well, or try to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Know? But if you did and you were successful, let's say, would yeah. your reincarnated self be tracked down as and imprisoned as a baby? We already have the technology. We've got those cribs. It's uh. not difficult to incarcerate <laughs> a baby. It's cheaper too, in many ways. Yeah, but it just gets really dark. It gets dark in a lot of ways, yeah. yeah. I I ideally, you'd stop the prisoners committing suicide. I think that would be your first port of call. That would you'd be ideal, yeah. clear of uh, capital punishment because it's not much of a punishment these days. And you're basically just letting a mass murderer back out on the streets. It's going to be a few years before he's like strong enough to do anything. Yeah. But, uh, That's yeah. quite terrifying, isn't it? Yeah, super scary, actually. Don't want that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. And you know what else? You might get way more people who need to be in prison or like sectioned or something because thinking about the... You wouldn't just remember the trauma of birth, but like the the loss of every loved one, you know? Yeah. Like the, the trauma of um, like your first love, your first rejection, uh, all the rest of it. Like people die and you only... Like, if you're unlucky, you might get cancer a couple of times in one lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, nobody gets cancer more than, like, a dozen times. It's just so unlikely, right? It's going to get you eventually. Lots of people, they get through the whole thing, no cancer at all. But you're talking about, you could get that news from the doctor, like, an infinite number of times. Yeah. So, do you, <laughs> do you would, just end up But would up you care, mess? though? Or would you stop caring? Exactly. Like, and know. also, the thing about losing your loved ones is, like, yeah, I've kind of lost them, but I know that they're going to, you know, pop up they're in Nigeria. There. Like, yeah. and you know, you could track down your loved ones around the world. Like if there's particular, like your first parents, for example, or your, um, you know, your first true love, you can track them down. You can just find them. So that turns into in a way, a mess, the whole though. grieving process, you're like, it's, it's, you don't need to grieve because you know that they're, they are literally out there somewhere. You know what, that might actually be optimal, because thinking about it, it gets kind of uncomfortably a little bit religious, because in many ways, uh, those of us who believe in an afterlife tend not to necessarily behave in a way that you would expect people who completely believe in an afterlife to act, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. people, even people who believe their loved ones are going to paradise, are sel they seldom rejoice at the death. Yeah. There's something very basic in us, very human, very animal, that doesn't like the separation however much you might profess faith that they're in a better place and so on. At the same time, there's all these questions like, uh, so assuming paradise, um, and we like to assume uh, that, you know, like, wait for me, Margaret, I'll be with you in the beyond, you know? And then you, you get to the other side 10 years later and Margaret is still there waiting for you and you can enjoy an eternity of bliss. Um, but that gets messier if, you know, Margaret has met Irving in the meantime <laughs> and... <laughs> And now what? <laughs> yeah, well, it's also weird because you could have a... Like, very clearly, you would have scenarios where one person will die a lot earlier than the other person. So yeah. when, if they do track each other down and meet up again, there could be a huge physical age difference. One could be 80, one could Massive. be 12. Like, yeah. 
it, and you know it would change every cycle if they kept meeting up it would be really weird <laughs> odds of syncing up would be so low unless you basically killed yourself like yeah. when you lost your loved one and that mm-hmm. would be i want to believe that people would do that routinely but i don't know it depends how much of a cultural hang-up we have on the idea of like till death do us part because let's face it even people who believe in paradise and stuff they still tend to get remarried like not necessarily everyone who believes in paradise they take that till death do us part thing seriously and get someone else which means that those (laughs) those heaven scenarios are going to be somewhat awkward unless heaven's just a free-for-all and that's part of it's you know paradise paradise, charms i don't know maybe that's fine uh knowing god like probably not but maybe <laughs> Do you, know. you know god wow <laughs> i don't want to say anything um just based on just based on his writings I'm a fan. we went to university together it's fine yeah <laughs> lee did a lot of weird um anyway yeah point is uh there's a lot of awkwardness waiting to happen already in our current setup because however much you might believe that the rules are just like so much bigger than what we see within our little um sort of uh snow globe here uh, it's still very hard to envision. You you picture that as the final frontier, and so once they're gone, it's like you take a while to get over it, and then you make your choice. And some people choose to find someone else. Would that be the same? So do you end up in a scenario where someone tracks you down, but you're like, ah, oh, I'm still like 65 actually, and I started going to this like dating thing, and you're yeah. two, and you know, I don't know what the neighbors <laughs> would think. And I just kind of like, I really like my life here. Is it yeah. okay if I don't kill myself or like uproot everything and come over and live with you? You know, because you're in South Africa now and I don't like the climate. Yeah. It would be so <laughs> awkward. Yeah, that are. Oh. But would people track each other down is, is what I want to know. Like, would that become the new norm? Like, oh my God, my loved ones are out there. I must find them every time. Mm. Or would it be like, yeah like we were super into that like people when they first get facebook and they're like oh yeah i'm gonna find all my oh i wonder what my schoolmates are up to like all these people i knew and then after a while you're like yeah i could theoretically find anyone i've ever known on here but like i kind of just don't want to (laughs) you know like you know what i mean just like that kind of fatigue with people that kind of sets in you realize that actually you don't have an infinite capacity uh to care (laughs) about everyone maybe that's just me but i get the impression that it's fairly widespread because people aren't constantly clinging to everyone in their lives. And if they are, it tends to be pathological. <laughs> so how would so, that work when you've got many lifetimes? Uh, I think, sadly, it would be a mix of the two. So some mm. people would be super into it and some people would not at all. And uh, yeah. often they would be in relationships with each other or or they'd be parents and children. With <laughs> That would be really sad. Your kid tracks you down and he's like, actually, I'm not into that anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, like we had our phase and I'm just, you know, I've, you're I've done. had, you know, 8,000 children since then. <laughs> yeah, what do you want from me, kid? <laughs> exactly. The, the whole, I think the parental dynamic might be the most messed up. Yeah. Because um, you'd have people falling in love with their parents as well. Like, the only thing that stops that happening now is that kids' brains develop differently, Mm. right? Because you'd have to have have a check for that, right? How do you mean? You'd have to have a check that you can't just, like... Oh, do you mean, like, if you're born to new parents and then, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you'd want to find out, like, where you're not my mum from a past life or something, you know? Or would you just be like, you know what, what happens in a past life... Stays in a past life, you know? Let's just not open that can of worms. Everybody's everybody at some point. That would be one way to play it. That but, would be, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, you know, <laughs> me talking to you now in this life, I'd have reservations. Yeah. But you've got to get into the psychology of someone who's been around the block hundreds of times. It's going to get weird. I don't know. But much weirder is the fact that, like, you're immediately going to run into the issue the minute you put like a mature adult's brain capable of romance and lust and all the rest of it into an infant's head and they're receiving like all that like primal nurturing caregiving like all their needs being met this constant companion all the pheromones and the cuddle hormones and all the rest of it like Kids already love their parents with, like, a ferocity... You know, they're always telling... You know, like, I'm going to marry you when I grow up, mum. It's like, oh, okay, that's really sweet. But, like, this is a scenario where that could legit happen. And it could happen today. (laughs) Because you already have all the rights of an adult. Because you're 1,800 years old. (laughs) 
it's a problem. <laughs> Basically, we've decided that this scenario, things are going to get real weird. <laughs> People are, are not... Like, if we stepped into that world today, we'd be like, what have you oh. done? <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever mad scientist cooks this up, they just, they better be really mad. Otherwise, they're going to regret it immediately. <laughs> Adriano, I want to know, how would you prevent or combat an alien invasion? I mean, I think we all agree it's pretty likely um, that the aliens oh, are going to want to live here on this planet right now because it's in this a great state. This sweet planet right here with all yeah. this great action. Yeah. Heck yes. <laughs> We're in our prime. Right now they'd look down and say, there's not much going on there. <laughs> I don't think anyone lives there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's say that they, they, they come along, they want to invade, they are... Not they're not uh, peaceful generally. Aliens um, in this scenario, of course not. And, no, uh, they want horrible, to conquer us. Green and yeah, they want to conquer us immediately. Well, look, you've already given me um, our first my first answer, which is uh, not much going on there. Nobody lives there. Basically, treat them the same way as Jehovah's Witnesses. Hide behind the sofa, don't answer <laughs> the door, and just wait for them to go away. They'll probably just push a pamphlet through the letterbox. Oh, so you're thinking these these might actually be that's an alien invasion we haven't seen before, where they are missionaries. To convert right? Earth. And let's face it, drawing on our own history, we really need to face the possibility that that is exactly what First Contact would look like. Yeah. Because that's what we did, like imperialistic uh, desires. It was basically, uh, let's go grab everyone's natural resources and indoctrinate them into our religion. <laughs> it was like those two things, as far as I can tell. And the religion so, yeah. was kind of a way to get to the natural resources, basically. <laughs> Kind of. I mean, yeah, I don't want to say that was the motivation of the missionaries themselves, though, because I think there were absolutely people, you know, so pious and, uh, yeah, that they just got to get out there and spread the good word. Um, Just like, you know, there would have been adventure seekers and all sorts, but the main drives, yeah, it's either like, we're right and you guys need to know about it, or uh, (laughs) we don't have enough gold and you guys need to fix it. The aliens show up and they just beam like a massive projection, like, we're right about this. Hail Zorb. (laughs) Zorb, yeah. Do you have a minute to talk about Zorb, our love and savior? <laughs> yeah, but they'd beam it like straight into our heads. We wouldn't be able to tune it out. <laughs> and you just, be you in just the... have to imagine like ducking behind a sofa. <laughs> yeah, and just like just la 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 la, just imaginary <laughs> drawing the curtains and hoping they go away. <laughs> you yeah. can't hide from us. We can hear your brains. <laughs> Listen to the word of Zorb. Yeah, so that's troubling, obviously. Speaking of uh, hiding behind the sofa, though, you could do that on a planetary scale. Like, you could literally cover the Earth in mirrors so that anyone who looks at it just sees space. Oh, yeah, well, listen, big mirror was absolutely my idea. (laughs) Just seeing space, fantastic notion. Yeah. If you're unable to position, like, the moon or something strategically, which is probably quite tough unless you can persuade them to, like... (laughs) station their spaceships very far out yeah <laughs> and look at us only from a certain angle um so yeah big mirror much better idea also great because if they show up hostile uh they're gonna get scared of our massive space fleet right what of mirrors no 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 you just you just show them their <laughs> space fleet in a mirror and oh, be like I a see. dog <laughs> Right. You know? God, their technology is so similar to our own. <laughs> yeah, my God, I didn't know they'd be this prepared. <laughs> our technology is so advanced and yet we've been foiled by mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> They've even got the same brand of hyperlasers we've got. Those only came out last week. How are they doing it? Yeah, and then that, that works great because then when they're like, all right, you've beaten us this time, humanity, and then they go away and they come back in a generation's time with an even bigger fleet, you're still ready to go. You don't even need to change the mirrors. Or they turn around to, to go away and they say, look, they're running away, and they turn back around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that no. will keep them entertained for days. <laughs> then just back and forth becomes like a tourist attraction. Like they still go, no, yeah, they are. That's fun. God, <laughs> that's so prepared. Lights in the sky. <laughs> Even when they trot out the special super weapon they were keeping in reserve, they're like, "Haha! Now prepare yourselves for goddammit! Super one as well." <laughs> and if they How? do, if they do think to open fire, uh, presumably they've all got like laser weapons, so all those yeah, mirrors are just going to fire that right back. Yeah, yeah, a nice, a nice curved mirror actually might just be the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a proof against any alien technology. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Either that, or speaking of alien technology, get yourself a MacBook. Uh, and write some kind of virus real quick and just uh, oh. beam that to the mothership and blow it up. Independence, Independence Day. Style. Mm-hmm. I've not seen Independence Day. That is the thing I know about it. That, Will Smith, White House. Those are the things I know. <laughs> it's a good film. You should check it out. But um, yeah. the thing about the mirrors, though, like in my idea, you've, you've got space mirrors, which makes more sense. I've got the Earth covered in mirrors, 
um, which might oh, have the right. added side effect of killing all life on Earth uh, because it gets so cold and all the plants die because there's no sunlight, which leads mm-hmm. me to my next solution, which is to make, <laughs> the, <laughs> make the Earth so unimaginably terrible and Just inhospitable wretched. that no alien in their right mind would want to live here. And uh, We're on track already. We're on track. It's going well. It's going <laughs> even better than we expected, actually. Maybe that's the plan. <laughs> They're trying not to panic us. Yeah. Our leaders who are like, climate change isn't real, that's stupid. And they're like, quick, more CO2, <laughs> they're coming. <laughs> we need to really crank up the heat. We've still got some polar bears left. I love polar bears, you know this. That's their favourite snack. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to kill them. Some theories of human life think that like human life was seeded by these benevolent uh, aliens like thousands of years ago. This one, they, yes. they just seed polar bears everywhere because they love <laughs> snacking on them. They're just big fans. Penguins or something, yeah. or pandas. Let's be honest, pandas are too lazy to get anything done. They don't even want to reproduce. <laughs> what are they doing here? They must have been aliens somewhere. Something happened. Someone was like, these guys are cute. Should we just put them everywhere? Yeah, they're bound to breed somewhere. Yeah. It wasn't here, though. <laughs> no doubt. Well, Aww. listen, speaking of weird animals, um, in the Pokemon world, you can literally buy alien repellent in a bottle, and it's called Repel. Uh-huh. As in, I mean, as in Pokemon repellent. Yeah, but some of those Pokemon are legit aliens. That's true. They're all yeah. kind of aliens, but some of them are literally from space, I'm pretty sure. Like, isn't, like don't Clefables and stuff evolve because of oh, moonstones? Yeah, like, because like they're from space? or something, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something's up. And and they all react exactly the same way to this actually quite cheap chemical. <laughs> <laughs> so it just works on everyone, I'm assuming. So just spray get, spray, you're yeah. good for 200 paces or whatever. Alien repellent. You'd have to yeah. be quite close to the spray. aliens is the issue. But the thing is, just douse the whole place. They're not going to want it anymore. It's like a, a better version of... Because uh, as far as we're aware, Repel in the Pokemon world has no side effects. You can just use it with impunity. So we could just get all the sprinklers going, you know, crop dusters, just douse the planet. And then just they'll be like, ah. Oh. It's like if someone licks the last donut and it's like, all right, you can have it then. That's a, that's a good point, actually. In Pokemon, I, I bet that Repel is actually quite a harmful pesticide. Oh, mad poisonous. Like, the reason you don't see any actual animals anymore is because they've all been killed by <laughs> the powerful Repel. And only the Pokemon are strong enough to actually not <laughs> die from its mutants. effects. Yeah. yeah, and the radiation inside uh, Pokeballs and all the rest <laughs> of it. And the, the reason that everyone seems to be kids or... Uh, or oh, I, I want to say their growth, yeah, massively. Absolutely, <laughs> there's not very many adults. Yeah, it's stunted in the growth. Or everyone just dies of like hideous cancers. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, that's <laughs> one way. <laughs> well, another quite destructive way that you could do it is you literally nuke every other planetary body that is visible to us. <laughs> you just get yes. you get your entire nuclear stockpile. You increase it a thousandfold, and you send mm-hmm. them out into space to blow up anything which could potentially harbour a tiny seed of alien life. Right, in advance. Oh yeah, we got to be prepared. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we can we can just... We set about creating our own space lasers, and we just... I really liked the image of um, covering the Earth in mirrors, because then we just make the biggest disco ball. <laughs> yeah. Which I really like. Um, and so the alternative is we construct our own laser weaponry, and just fire it out in all directions all the time yeah and the space is real big so i gather the odds of actually hitting anything are low but maybe like with enough lasers pointed different directions we could just create like enough of a hassle that it wouldn't be worth getting near us so you're saying create the sun (laughs) (laughs) sort of yeah i guess so (laughs) we'd have to find a way to live inside the sun maybe there's maybe there's another there's a planet inside the sun that's what it is. And they were like, oh, those humans, they're getting a bit close, a bit too advanced for us. They might attack us. That's Let's why they did send out all this radiation. <laughs> That's a great idea. And they're like, God, why are they hanging around? They like it. God damn it. <laughs> we shouldn't have done this. The aliens are there with like sun lounges, like just breathing in all the lasers <laughs> into their skin. Yeah, it becomes a thing. They're getting like tattoos off them or whatever. They're coming from Mars around. They love it. Well, you've heard the theory that there's another sun inside the Earth, right? I know I haven't. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is this is real. So um, yeah, you've heard of the flat earthers. Uh, well, some people reckon the Earth is hollow. Oh, hollow and... Earth, I've heard of. Yeah. There we go. Well, some people reckon that within the hollow Earth um, is a small star, right, heating it up from the inside. So uh, yeah, the reverse of that, basically. Um, I mean, they're not, I mean they're maybe not they far just... off. Like there is a molten, there's a molten core. They're quite far off. 
Um, well, I mean, yes, they are, but you know, they they could be flat earthers. They that could be further off. Yes, no, this is true. This is true. But you know, maybe they're right. Is the thing? Maybe it's a babushka doll scenario, it's like a gobstopper. It's just a you know, it's a it's a planet within a star within a planet within a you know, just uh-huh. maybe everyone's just trying to fight off aliens somewhere. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you that's sounds, just all we're doing, you brother. So tired. It's like everyone's fighting aliens somewhere. It's just uh. exhausting at the end of the day. <laughs> Well, go, briefly going back to animals, um, mm-hmm. th- when the aliens arrive, you could pretend, rather than hiding, you could just pretend to be non-sentient and that all of our technology was built by cows and chickens, which are like the next most, you know, populous animal on this planet. Uh, oh, yeah. So you create, you create all these adverts which feature Skate- cows chickens. and chickens doing various, like, office jobs. Um, mm-hmm. You make it seem as though they're, they're the ones in charge. And then we're just, we're just livestock. There's no need to look at us. And they like, you know, they take over the planet and then you can get them because they they suspect a thing. Before they try and figure out how delicious we are. There may be some casualties as they try some some rump steak. Uh, But, you know. Speaking of rumps, like, I feel like the biggest Uh... flaw in this plan is that we know exactly what aliens do to livestock. Well, no, actually, we don't. Gosh, sorry, I'm forgetting. They they probe humans. Yes. They eviscerate livestock. Oh. So you've got to decide <laughs> which you prefer, like being mangled like a cow or just gently, well, possibly not gently probed. I don't know. Well, if um, but if, if we're talking about abductions and probes, what you could do is hide many, many, many uh, human-shaped bombs around various cornfields in America and, and hope that they get mistakenly abducted and then as they're oh, yeah. as they're doing whatever they're doing in their spaceship uh it blows yep. up and then there you go that's it that's the secret like in the dark knight where he puts a bomb inside uh one of his uh goons so that when he gets arrested he blows up the police station with them. yeah mm-hmm. exactly no i like that i like that and i think a lot of it might hinge actually on figuring out what the aliens are vulnerable to because you know aliens they're always rocking up with their superior technology and then they're always revealing like their one fatal weakness that oh no how could we possibly (laughs) have foreseen in war of the worlds it turns out they're victims of the common cold which guys it's common and in signs for god's sake have you have you seen m night Shyamalan's signs uh no i haven't can't recommend okay Uh, i'm not gonna spoil it (laughs) because it's relevant um Basically, yeah, it's a very suspenseful thriller about, oh, are there aliens, aren't there? Yes, there are aliens, and now, oh, they're gone, because it turns out they're allergic to water. Water. <laughs> like why the did they come here? <laughs> friggin' common substance. Yeah, it's like, you look at the planet, and it's like, huh, why is it blue? I don't know. Probably not water, though. Yep, let's head down there. Maybe, maybe they just looked it up in the directory, and they saw Earth. Huh. Yeah, that doesn't sound like there'd be water. <laughs> That's the opposite yes. of water. Wonderful. <laughs> they, they had two options. It was either like Aquaria or Earth. Yeah. Like, this one seems safe. <laughs> they went right past Mars, the dry, dusty planet. Venus, Jupiter, who cares? No, let's go to Earth. Mercury, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, they looked to the moon and they were like, nah, the other place is bigger. <laughs> yeah, so there's that or... Um, I mean, how else has it been done in media? You got your Independence Day blowing up with a virus. Uh, you could Ender's Game. That involves a bit of pre-preparation. Uh, they've got to they've got to come fight a war. Just you've got to just win by the skin of your teeth, but know they're coming back. And then you've got to frantically train up a new generation of space generals among your super genius children. Yep. And they all sort it out by playing their VR games or Lilo and Stitch style. Uh, just tell a mosquitoes are an endangered species because apparently <laughs> that's plausible. And why wouldn't you just tell one of our actual endangered species was an endangered species <laughs> unless as we discussed the whole place is just rife with polar bears because someone's been going around <laughs> seeding them all over the place mosquitoes are the only thing that's rare it turns out oh uh, well going back to the moon you briefly touched on um how uh, we could theoretically project an image of a lush surface onto the moon which looks oh, even yes. more attractive to aliens. So that mm-hmm. the aliens get distracted, they land there first, and then you blow up the moon. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> That's wonderful. Or cheaper, and if we want to keep our moon, uh, you just project a scary face on there. Oh, you so know? it's like a giant space monster? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know those spiders that have got like an angry face, like on their thorax or their abdomen? Or the, yeah. They, the, whatever that bulbous bit is at the back, you know? And sometimes they've got a scary face on there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's real spooky because they've already got a scary enough spider face with the eight eyes and everything. They've got a big one back there. 
that's not okay. Like in the animal kingdom, you'll get um, things marked with like yellow and black stripes, which shows that they're uh, venomous or poisonous. Yes. Um, you get the same. You just put that on the moon. Presumably that yeah. transfers across, uh, you know, multiple um, galaxies. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we just try a load of different colours and hope something signals, please don't eat me. Or uh, maybe we can extrapolate it from known data. Like maybe it's uh, like a Jupiter's red spot type of deal. You know, maybe they're like, oh, they got uh, they got really dense gas giants. That, that's a hardcore solar system. We better not mess with these guys or something. I don't know. Or maybe you, you could upsell them on another planet in the solar system. Like, oh, yeah. hey, oh, I see you're looking at the Earth for your uh, next conquest. Well, how about I uh, <laughs> look, direct you towards Jupiter? Have you considered it's got optional extras? <laughs> Lovely trim. <laughs> it's, uh, it's much, much bigger. bigger. They're just like, ah, <laughs> oh, room to stretch, you know. <laughs> you get our best car salesman and you send them as a delegation to the aliens and see what happens. Oh, yeah. And, and at the very worst, you lose all your car salesmen, which... um. I'm willing to make that sacrifice. <laughs> it would be a tragedy. <laughs> Maybe their, their their ultimate vulnerability isn't physical, but rather it's social. Like, they're not used to the powers of persuasion, you know? Maybe they're a very animalistic species. They're expecting us to come out all guns blazing, lock horns, and fight them off. They're not expecting us to show up and smarm them. Yeah. And so they're just like, oh, okay, yes. <laughs> we will live on this Jupiter. <laughs> but you could invest a lot of money in, like, if we focus all of our efforts from now on, in a great terraforming business. So uh, we use our expertise in terraforming to negotiate with the aliens and create them a nice new planet so that they don't even need to bother conquering Earth. So as essentially, we're, we're becoming the Switzerland of the universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, get just so subservient and ready to collaborate and help that yeah. they just kind of feel a bit bad invading us. The, like, it gets <laughs> awkward. And, like, and we become so valuable to them because of our expertise that they don't want to invade us because they need us to, like, do services for them. Like the banks, yeah. you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we can do it either with competence or just by kind of ingratiating ourselves with, like, you know, we, like, we know we know Graham, right? Or we know Earl. Like, we know the guys who came over in the original delegation. We bribed them a bit, um, gave them all the best, you know pics of our precious metals or whatever it is they came for and so when they head back to head office you know they like uh they hide it in the paperwork you know they delay things like there's all these planning applications <laughs> to come over and demolish us but we just we know a guy on the inside and joy i mean he takes a cut obviously there's kickbacks but it's worth it yeah, yeah we could get kind of a mafia deal <laughs> or we can reverse psychology them mm -hmm. you know depending how advanced a sort of a system they've got going on socially and psychologically, maybe they're not prepared for that kind of assault. We tell them we can't wait to be taken over. Um, <laughs> you maybe seem if we far just... too keen. Yeah, we could just come on real strong, like creepily strong, yeah. right? <laughs> like every everyone's getting probed and you're, you're really into it. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, actually, this is a bit much. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna yeah, go it's like, uh, we were just, this was going to be a one-time thing, just real casual, didn't, wasn't really looking for a... We were kind know, of looking just... for a scientific thing here, and you've taken it to a weirdly sexual place, so we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can either be weird about it, or we can find out what they like and seduce them. <laughs> it's, it's like it, attraction or like repulsion, either of those two extremes, that's fine. We don't, we don't want the medium zone where they're like sufficiently indifferent to... Uh, destroy us but do we want to be indifferent so they, they arrive aliens surround the planet we pretend we don't even see them we're like hey oh, yeah alien we've seen hundreds of you guys before you and you yeah. affect their self-confidence and you're so not bothered by it that they think that they must be inconsequential to you that's right yeah like huh, what are you gonna do to us we haven't already done to ourselves fools <laughs> play real hard to get <laughs> You, like, strip off your shirt and just, like, stand there going, come on, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you. I don't even care. <laughs> we'll be like, yeah, you taste that? Taste that in our atmosphere? That's poisonous chemicals, bro. <laughs> they come out of my car, still drive the thing. I don't even care. We're so hardcore, we call our own planet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You see this? Fried chicken. You know what this is doing to my arteries? I don't give a damn. <laughs> They come in all their weapons are like uh, giving people high cholesterol and uh, <laughs> they are like, haha, we've brought a CO2 cannon so that it goes into your atmosphere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
People welcome it. People claim that it's like the cure for coronavirus or like it becomes a fad diet, like bathing in their laser rays. Yeah. Or they, yeah. they turn up and th- their last snapshot of us for some reason was of the last ice age, which wasn't that long ago. They turn up with all this <laughs> stuff really like, haha, we're going to we're gonna heat up this planet. Or, uh, or or it was in our last kind of really hot phase and they're like, we're going to cool down this planet. They won't know what hit them. And then like they appear like, we're like, yes, thank you so much, aliens. <laughs> Like, oh, oh no, oh, please don't gently cool our planet. <laughs> oh, ice caps, that's the worst. Oh, anyone else feeling chilly? Oh no, the polar bears are spreading. Oh, they might oh, take no. us over. <laughs> One weakness. <laughs> yeah, oh, we've been trying to eradicate blue whales for so long, and oh no, the population's making a comeback. Oh, guess we better give up real soon. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be ideal. <laughs> it's gonna have to be either that or uh, like mysterious. Uh, we like get some of those Atlantis secrets out. Maybe when we know things, maybe there's things from our history that we can use to to crack this code. I like the idea of being uh, more advanced than the aliens in like some kooky way that yeah. people haven't thought of. Either biologically, because have you heard the thing about um, humans being like space orcs essentially? I think this is just a random Tumblr post. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a good one. Uh, I can't remember exactly. But yeah, they're talking about how in sci-fi and also in fantasy, uh, any time where you can choose your race, basically, of your playable character, uh, they tend to make humans the generic um, sort of jack-of-all-trades, sort of average, average build, average strength, average intellect, average lifespan, average anything. Yeah. Right. And then you've got your orcs or your space orcs or whatever. And they're like strong, but also bestial and like maybe not smart. And then you've got your like Vulcan or your elves or whatever, like super smart, but maybe not very emotional, or you know, and humans fall right slap bang in the middle of this. But actually, um, that's just the way we've written it. If you look at us uh, compared to uh, our own sort of biosphere, there's a bunch of other ways you could write it. E.g. the fact that humans were, um, what's the word, persistence predators? Something? Subsistence, no? Oh, no, oh, you mean no. that we like uh, jogged along for like marathon lengths just to wear them down? Right. It is like really terrifying if you think about it. Like the fact that uh, a tribe of primordial humans would look at a mammoth which could just step on them and be like, we're going to hunt that guy. How are we going to do it? Sharp sticks and patience. We're just going to follow him till he gives up and dies. That would be really scary. And uh, we recover from, like, broken bones and stuff a lot easier than, uh, like, deer and stuff. I gather they have, like, fatal injuries a lot more easily. Like, more fragile sort of glass cannony. So I think we're, like, uh, I don't know, like, immune systems and things. We're very adaptable to different environments. So you could figure that, actually, humans are quite scary because they might be surprisingly difficult to eradicate or kill like if you're from a really a niche evolutionary niche where you need all your conditions just so Mm. and then you've got humans which just kind of don't super care what temperature it is or like whether they get wet or you know yeah well there's a there's a thing in uh, evolution where basically the longer evolution plays out you've got this arms race constantly of like predator gets better, prey gets better, evading predator, predator has to increase again. So essentially predators become more and more effective or uh, adapted to, to being predators over time. So mm-hmm. if let's say we've had, uh, oh, I've forgotten how much evolution we've had, three billion years, something like that, uh, to, no to evolve. Uh, but let's say they hit sentience at like um, one billion years. So they haven't oh, yeah. had this whole predator-prey relationship. No, so actually, new. they are a lot weaker than us. Um, so we could just dominate them. Like, yeah. it would involve... You'd have to do some hand-to-hand somehow. <laughs> like, you, you board them with grappling <laughs> hooks. I don't know <laughs> like, how it would I work. I do like the idea. Yeah, because you run into the issue that they've made it here. So clearly, they've outstripped us technologically because they're traveling between stars. Mm. But uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> we can just go full pirate at them. It'd be like uh, like medieval pirates... Like Viking pirates assaulting a modern cruise ship. We'd just be like <laughs> hand throwing up grappling hooks or whatever. And yeah, I'd love to see a scenario where that actually worked out. Or, you know, maybe they are uh, stronger than us, but weaker than the Atlanteans or the previous <laughs> aliens who rocked up and built the pyramids. Right. Or they're weaker than like the un- untapped power of our ley lines or something. 
And the the president of the United States gets out his special not nuke button, and he summons <laughs> our alien overlords who created us, and they come and like big brother us, like <laughs> beat up the aliens. <laughs> they just swat them away. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, I was hoping it wouldn't have to come to this. <laughs> and then he gets nuggied afterwards. <laughs> He's like, yeah, little bro, Tony, we watch out for you. <laughs> you met any girls yet? <laughs> the, the planetary nuggies is just eliminating Northern Europe. <laughs> just, like... <laughs> <laughs> just the whole Northern Hemisphere. Just like, ah. <laughs> that's the price you pay <laughs> that's why he's been so hesitant all these various <laughs> threats he hasn't called them in yet because he knows what's coming that was the hypotheticals podcast feel free to follow us on twitter at hypotheticals that's hypotheticals without the R. Follow me individually at Rain Tortoise. That's Rain like the weather phenomenon. And Tortoise like the animal. And you can follow me at Mr. Howell. That's M-R-H-O-W-L. If you've enjoyed this, please do leave us a review on iTunes. Because it really helps. And we'll see you next time. Bye! My brother had a li- had a successful catch and release of because a mouse had got into his house, so he had a successful one where I forget he rigged up some kind of improvised uh, humane trap. So he got this mouse and it was in this lunchbox and it had been there for a while. Nice. So he came down in the morning and he literally just like put the lid on the lunchbox, closed it, put it in his backpack, wh- put his backpack on, went for a cycle ride, <laughs> just cycle out, <laughs> like taking the mouse out for a nice journey through the countryside and then like just stopped and just, you know, got out of this lunchbox. Like if anyone walked past, just like, I'm just having my lunch of a ma- live mouse. <laughs> that would, and that person is like a, a reptilian conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they walk among us. I knew it. Well, he said when he released it, like someone came along, like literally a couple of seconds after this thing vanished into the bushes. So he was Excellent. glad that they didn't see that. <laughs> God, I I remember with my parents doing this rigmarole, only for some reason it was nighttime Mm -hmm. when we caught the thing. So I I don't remember if it was a lunchbox, but we had a mouse in a container and we drove out to a park like with torches and stuff. Wow. So we would have looked even sketchier. Flaming torches. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, and pitchforks, like the whole nine yards. We wanted him to know he was not welcome. Yeah. In in um, In my second year university flat, we had a, a little field mouse like yours. Um, and it was a weird, it was kind of a weird construction. It, we, you kind of went in on the top floor because it was on a hill and you could go down to the, the rest of the house. But essentially the oh, mouse sure. was in on the top floor where our kitchen was. And um, I think it was like our flatmate down at the time had uh, quite a messy room. So it was just in his junk. So he like scared oh, it no. out of the junk at one point. But he had a balcony and he literally chased it onto the balcony and it jumped D- no. off the balcony and it, it ran off it was fine but it just wow. like it just like full-on 300 you know uh, if if it had been <laughs> as, if it had no been scope. kicked <laughs> it just like launched itself wow. off it was crazy oh my god so that's how you should get rid of a mouse <laughs> noted chase them onto the balcony and see how much of a daredevil they are <laughs>